Welcome to the Brief on Grief. I am your host, Walter Sanderson. You know we come here each week for each episode to discuss grief and how it impacts each and all of us in our lives. On today, I have my co-host here with me, Letitia, and we were gonna be jumping right into it. So, Letitia, for all of the viewers, please share a little bit about Ushered Into Healing and how it was founded. Hi everyone, my name is Letitia Renee and Ushered Into Healing was birthed in pain and conceived in love. Ushered Into Healing is a nonprofit that I hold dear to my heart. It was in honor of my mom and dad who both died due to cancer a year apart from one another. And Ushered Into Healing came about because I needed to have an emotional attachment to something that connected me to mom and dad. So that's how Ushered Into Healing came about. Um, the foundation is a foundation that helps the homeless, but that was not my initial plan. My initial plan for Ushered Into Healing was to help people heal in whatever capacity was needed, whether it was you were sick, whether it's you needed an ear to hear, whether it was food, it wasn't going to be just for the homeless but in the midst of starting the business um the lady that was helping me with my part, uh, paperwork she was like Letitia you have to have a focal point okay. healing can't be everything okay so the reason why I chose homelessness is because I went to a show at Radio City Music Hall okay. and this was after my mom and dad had died and you know I was taken to the show to cheer me up so after the show um, my friends and I, we were leaving to go to the car, and they were walking ahead of me. I was kind of tagging along, walking by myself, and there was this homeless woman sitting near Radio City Music Hall, and I stopped. And I offered her money, and she said no. I offered to buy her food, and she said no. And out of nowhere, I just had the urge to offer a, a hug. Okay. And I hugged her and she said to me, you don't know how long it's been since someone has touched me. So when I pulled up with my friends, they were like, oh, what happened to you? Where were you? I said, oh, I was just back there. I gave that lady a hug. And when I turned my head, she was gone. I don't know oh, okay. what that was, but when I turned my head, the lady was nowhere in sight. So when it came time to find the focal point, I chose to Okay. Well, first, I will say that I really admire the work you're doing. I admire your strength to move forward in losing both of your parents to create your organization and usher them to healing. What I want to ask, though, is people will see you now with the usher them to healing how you're dealing with your grief and losing both parents. What was that process like and how did we get from the day I lost them to the point now where I am doing this, helping the homeless, helping people that are grieving? How do we get there and what is, what is that process like? I got here by accident. Okay. I got here through survival mode. Okay. I had to find a way to allow my parents death to have meaning okay to have purpose um otherwise i don't know 
a state I would be in because it was very difficult. I was very close with both of my parents and for the roles to reverse where now I am the caretaker along with my older brother, we are the caretakers for our parents. For those roles to reverse is very traumatic, honestly, for me to be in position to be bathing both my parents, feeding them and tending to their needs. It was looking back it was a traumatic experience at the time i do it all over again it was a humbling experience and i i honored them so much i had no problem serving them i had no problem caring for them but it was a humbling experience and from that point on to here i think i was forced to not so much be strong the word for me is not strong I was first forced to go into survival mode because I knew that other people depended on me. So first my mom died. Both my mom and dad had cancer at the same time. So first my mom died. Following my mom, my dad died, but it was a year stretch. Okay, okay. So with my mom dying, um, I wasn't put in a position to grieve. I wasn't put in a position to mourn. I was put in a position of Okay, mom's gone, but dad's still here. Dad still needs you. Dad still has cancer. So I wasn't placed in a position to even own my grief. And um, fast forward, after my dad died, I was just in a place of, what do I call it? Um, for alcoholics, it's called functional alcoholics. Mm -hmm. So for me, I was a functional breather maintaining my day-to-day -day, you know getting the bills paid going to work same routine day in day out couldn't wait to get home just to get under the covers but it came a point where i noticed that i wasn't growing okay i wasn't flourishing i was just at a standstill now how do you because you're going through it how do you really find it out like because sometimes people can go through that process and there's somebody that has to tap them on the shoulder and go hey you're not doing this was there somebody that did that for you or something that you just mm -hmm. realized over time uh, it was something that i had realized over time you know you kind of sometimes get sick and tired of being sick and tired or mm -hmm. sick and tired mm -hmm. of being stuck and just realizing like i was in the same space last year I was in the same place last year, like, I'm, I'm busy, mm -hmm. but I realized my busy was distraction, and I didn't realize that until my brother brought it to my attention. He's like, you're traveling here, you're traveling there, you're always on the run, you're always going. He was like, that's just a distraction. Mm -hmm. What? <laughs> what? But in reality, he was right. He, yeah, he, he was right, because a lot of times I find that with people, and sometimes people do it intentionally mm -hmm. and sometimes you don't know it when when it comes to grief sometimes we can have people that try to adapt and then they have a process called this maladaptive where you distinctly go or deliberately say i'm going to do this so i don't have to deal with that and for you you probably was just trying to find something that was giving you some peace of mind mm -hmm. something to help you relax help you think straight if you will and then he was able to see that from the outside what's what I want to say, and I want to ask this question, because you said something, and I did an episode recently. My last episode was on comparative grief. Mm -hmm. And you, you said something there that struck a chord with me, and I want to ask this is, you said that when your mom 
you lost your mom, there really wasn't much time or space for you to grieve because you still have to be the caretaker for your dad. Mm -hmm. My argument for comparative grief is you never can compare people to yourself when you're losing people. But speaking to somebody who has lost two people, would it be fair to say that people shouldn't compare because in one instance, you may have grieved, let's say your mother, hypothetically, more than your dad. You could have, but you weren't allowed to. And so, if you will, can you explain or share a little bit of what the experience was like grieving mom versus dad? Mm -hmm. So, grieving mom versus dad. One thing I would say as far as comparative grief, you really can't compare because each situation is unique based on your relationship with the person that died. Absolutely, right? absolutely, yes. And even though I said I didn't have the time or the moment to grieve because I had to care for my dad, looking back, it's like, would I even have known how to grieve? This is the person's, the closest person to my heart, my mom, and then my dad, the closest person to my heart. How do you even grieve that? How do you even make sense of tomorrow I gotta live another day but they won't be here with me to join me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So me grieving, I guess in a sense it was a learning process. That's you know, people think that when you grieve you have to cry for a long time. I didn't cry. Okay. And it wasn't intentional. It just, I, I'm, I'm in uh, autopilot mode. Mm -hmm. I'm doing, doing, doing a functional grieve. I didn't I didn't have time or I didn't make the time to sit and really cry. Although I did cry when I wrote. Okay, okay. So I, I got into So the when you write, what, what, why, what made you start writing? Was writing part of your process? Mm -hmm. Is it something that you always have done? It honestly just overcame me one day. I think it was the following day. Or well, it could have been the same day that my mom died. And I just had my phone at the time and I'm just writing how I feel about her. Okay. It's like, in a sense, I was expressing to her how I felt. Maybe in some strange way, feeling that her spirit would pick it up and understand what I was feeling. Okay. But it was possibly therapeutic for me because I was releasing it. Where I got into the habit of every day I'm writing. I'm writing about my love for my mom and writing about not understanding what has happened. And then it got to a point where one time I missed a day. Okay. And I started to feel guilty. Okay. Like, oh, I, I missed a day. And then I said, no, I'm not going to own that feeling of guilt because it doesn't take away from the fact that I love my mother dearly. It's just time slipped away. I had to care for my dad. So I, I did catch that little trigger. Okay. Because you could okay. fall into that gap and never get out. But writing was therapy for me where it just, it's like God was uploading stuff in me and it was just coming, coming out, coming out. Like when you go back and read it, I'm like, I couldn't have wrote that. But it was a deep, profound love that I had for my mom where I was able to express it on paper. Okay. And released just for a moment. Okay. It gave me a sense of release. Have a, have a question. You know I'm a pastor, I do. and I know you are a faithful woman of God. My question would be, if you weren't saved, and you didn't have a relationship with God the way you do, would, 
do you believe your grief would have been more difficult? And let me just say this, it's not a trick question. I'm answering, I'm asking this question for anybody that's going to view this that will walk away saying, it's only because of that. It's mm -hmm. only because of this. And I want them to go that there are no tangible things that sometimes you can just hold on to, right. that you have to find your way. Right. And so I want to know if any, has your faith impacted the way you grieve? I definitely had to find my way through this process because in the beginning, um, of course I did my praying, I, mm -hmm. I recited scripture every day. I'm giving scripture to my mom for her to believe in. She's believing in it. And I, I promise you, I had no doubt that my mother was not going to die. When she was okay. in hospice and the nurses told me, you know, to be prepared because of what they were seeing, I, I looked at the nurse like, woman and what she's talking about she she means well but no not here so when my mother died in my arms I was I was dumbfounded like okay. how, and the fact that I mean looking back now it's like Letitia how could you not see the signs God totally blinded me from that but looking back on it now it's like uh, I don't know how I really got through that space Okay. Um, I did have a hard time because like I said I referred to the scripture so when she died I had a hard time accepting the fact that she was gone because I really did believe that she was going to live so I wrestled with that I won't say I was angry with God I would say I was very confused about what has just which, transpired which is okay and it's okay to be angry with them as well right right but that, something that, that the me, church don't preach enough about but go ahead for me that wasn't the emotion i was just totally confused but at the same extent my confusion had to be limited because dad was here right mm -hmm. um but i wrestled with it for a long 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 time and one of the things that you had said to me you put in my ear like you do was who's to say God didn't really keep keep his word who's to say that her healing was here mm -hmm. who's to say that her healing wasn't on the other side mm -hmm. now of course I didn't want to hear that because I want her physically here with me but in all honesty it's been 10 years since my mom died in all honesty I can say that I gained another piece of my mind in her death. Wow. Wow. Okay. It's like I still have her in another light, if that makes sense. And a lot of people may not be able to understand it makes, that. It makes sense because it's your sense. It okay. makes sense. Okay. Yeah. And it, it took time. It, it didn't happen overnight. It took time where I'm in a good space now with the transition of my dad, with the transition of my mom. and. Now my grandmother, my mother's mother, died two years ago. Okay. So I'm a, in a good space of acceptance now um, because I really did gain another sense of them, which is empowering and which which helps me make it from day to day. Okay. So what you see is not just because of me, it's because of my faith in God and it's because of my belief in the spirit and the spirit that dwells within lives on okay so i want i want to ask this um first i think it's amazing of how you were able to move forward i think it's um 
and amazing and inspiring that you would start and begin to help people in the moment that you probably needed the most help yourself. And so what does your grief look like now? Because mom transitions, we're still the caretaker for dad. And we don't really have, I don't wanna say we don't have the room or the capacity. I would say we, we don't have enough time to focus on our grieving because we still have someone there. So when you lose your dad, how heavy is the grief now? Oh. Because it almost would seem as if I really haven't finished grieving over here and moving forward, and now I have to grieve both of them together. Mm -hmm. What's that like? Grieving both of them at the same at time? At the same time. Uh, you know how they talk about the black cloud? People talk, you know, when they make a comparison of the black cloud. I know what that feels like. Okay. It was like a black cloud. So the same week that my dad died was the same week of Thanksgiving. Okay. No, the same week of his funeral was the same week of Thanksgiving. And a friend of mine had offered me to go on their cruise. And being that I was no longer the caretaker of mom and dad, I was now an orphan. Okay. Um, I made it to go on the cruise. And during that time, I spent a lot of time by myself. I spent a lot of time near the water. And on the last day of the cruise, when the ship docked to come back home, an overwhelming, consuming darkness overcame me. I can't even explain what it was, but when the ship docked, it's like in my mind, I said, what am I supposed to do now? What am I supposed to do with this now? And I didn't know. I didn't know what my next move was going to be. I didn't know what my next step was going to be because two years I was caretaker. Two years my life wasn't my own, which was fine. My life was dedicated to keeping my parents comfortable and my ultimate goal was to see them heal here on this side. So when that didn't happen and they died, it was like I didn't know how to carry that space. So. Each day really was a gamble, you know, it was, it, I didn't know, I didn't plan ahead of what the next day would be. It just was. You know, you, sh you shared something that I think is important because I know some people may say, well, as a pastor, as a friend of yours, that they may say and look at this and go, well, I can't believe he said that to her. In the midst of people trying to encourage her, if you will, saying, mom is going to make it she's going to be healed mm -hmm. my response at the moment was never one to be insensitive it was one to always give you a look a clear look at the entire picture mm -hmm. i believe especially from a spiritual perspective that oftentimes we pray for something we want but deep down we really never know the person we're grieving over how much they are grieving the state they are in and what they are asking for and so what I want to make clear to a lot of the viewers, even from a pastoral perspective, which I don't do a lot on my podcast, is understand that God honors prayers. And it is quite possible that the person you were grieving over or have been grieving over, they ask God for something too. And mm -hmm. oftentimes we walk away because we go, God didn't do it. Or maybe he did. He just didn't give you your desire, but maybe he gave them theirs. And because I can't believe knowing you, knowing your mom, knowing your family, how much they would have appreciated that it's not grief for the person that is in the state 
that my daughter has to do all this for me. Yeah. Grieving the fact that, let's say, I feel like my daughter shouldn't have to do this. And they may be asking for something too in their grief. This is true. So, if I may. Yes. Um, that speaks a lot to who my mom was. Absolutely. That speaks a lot to who my mom was because uh, in the latter days, when she got back from the hospital, she was just staring at me. And I'm like, why are you staring at me? And she's like, I'm just waiting for you. I'm waiting for you to come lay with me. Mm-hmm. And I know at one point she had said, this is too much for you. Wow. Mom, what are you talking Absolutely. about? This is not yes. too much. She's like, no, you're getting like 10 minutes of sleep here and there. You're taking care of me. You're taking care of dad. This is too much. I'm like, mom, mm-hmm. I promise you this is not too much for me. And I honestly believe sometimes we have a choice of whether or not we're going to be here. If we want to leave, depart. Mm-hmm. And I honestly believe my mom felt it was too much for myself, too much for my brother to take care of both of them at the same time because it was it entailed you know lifting it entailed cleaning and i promise you it wasn't a struggle it it wasn't a struggle but i do believe in my mom's eyes it was too much and she decided to depart so i did come to terms with that like no my mom my mom didn't want to be in that state and have her children to care for her like this a long period of time and then of course my dad you let us know from the beginning like i don't want to be here anymore mm-hmm. me and my mom were married over 40 plus years so he made it clear and going through it with my mom and dad going through it with my mom my brother and i had an intervention with dad and said dad you knew mom before we knew mom i already know the love i have for her. i can't even imagine the amount of love you have for her. now that she's gone how do you even tackle that? But my brother and I asked him, please give us more time. Mm-hmm. He gave us exactly a year, a month, and 18 days. Wow. Wow. And I... when he transitioned, I was okay. Wow. And, and see, and this is what I mean sometimes when people try to compare grief. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not comparable as you have stated, because relationships matter, mm-hmm. timing matters, support system matters. Mm-hmm. And so here we have mom, and this is the first time, like myself, my grandmother, from that magnitude, I had lost my aunt some years prior, but my grandmother was the first one that, that really hit me hard. And so at this time, I don't really have a support system around me. Mm-hmm. But I think that it's fair to say that we learn, like you said, we learn on the fly. We learn um, because in life, my grandmother used to say something to me and it didn't make sense to me until sitting here with you right now. She said, grief is like, losing people is like a boxer. And I'm watching these two boxers. I, I'm a Bud Crawford fan for all of you that are out there. But a couple of weeks back, two gentlemen come into the ring, Errol Spence, Bud Crawford get in there. Bud Crawford wins. And Errol Spence loses. Mm-hmm. And my grandmother used to always say, when these boxers lose, nobody prepares for loss in their life. And so we got to pick up the pieces. And so I like to believe that mom is the first loss on your record. Mm-hmm. As impactful as it was. And dad, 
you can't, someone can't look and go, well, because of how you grieve mom, then that means you love your mom more and you grieve her harder or vice versa. The reality of it is, is that you were prepared now of what this would be like, what this road is like when my dad comes mm -hmm. and his time is to transition. And if I may, mom in a sense, gave you her perspective of, I think this is too much. And so the battle is mom, it's not too much for me. I like doing this. And if I am to be honest and transparent, I know your dad said he wanted to be with her. He missed her. So on one end, it may be a little easier to accept dad because dad going, I want to be with, if I will, his sweets. I mm -hmm. want to be with her. And you, you really can't argue with that when you and your, your brother are sitting there going, this is the love of his life. But I can go back and forth with my mom. And so these just different stages. And in his perspective, I don't even think many people pay attention sometimes to what it's like to be grieving your daughter having to take care of you. Having to grieve the fact as a man, not being able to be as functional as you used to and your son has to do things for you. Also grieving the fact that your wife has gone and transitioned already. Mm -hmm. And then the two children are grieving the gentleman. Like it is so layered and that's why I never like people to compare because somebody on the outside would look at you and your brother and go, well, I've lost my parents. Mm -hmm. But what, in capa what capacity? Mm -hmm. How did you lose them? You were caretaking, you were watching them. Was there a situation where both of their parents was 100 years old and they go, well, I knew at some point. Mm -hmm. So the comparative piece of it is one that I believe you could speak to because outside of comparing ourselves with other people, even in our own lives, we can't even compare our grief individually. No. You, you wouldn't even, even hearing you talk, compare dad's loss to mom's loss. You would just talk about each loss. Right. Um, so I guess my final question for you would be this. For somebody watching that admires your strength and they're saying, that's her. She was able to do that. She was able to start ushering into healing. She was able to start ushering into healing because I believe she's gotten over it and gotten past it and she's healed. What do you say to that person that says, I can't do what you did? Mm -hmm. What's your response? What I have learned is healing is a mindset. And the first step is wanting it. Absolutely, yes. The first step is making a decision that I want different. I want to feel different. And I think for me, I knew my mom and dad wouldn't want me to be in a state where I'm constantly under the covers. I'm constantly like, just numb. Like things could be happening, I'm oblivious to it because I'm in a fog. I'm a functional griever. I do what I gotta do, I'm back home, I'm in a total fog. And I wouldn't look at it so much as strength. Because like I said, I was just navigating through this and learning as I go because I knew that other people depended on me. If other people didn't depend on me, would I still function the way that I function? I don't know. I, I really don't know. But I did make a choice of healing. I want to feel what healing feels like because I felt this way for so long. I felt this hurt, this pain, this ache 
for so long, I want to experience something different. Okay. And when I allow myself to experience something different by forming Ushered into Healing or by doing something in honor of my parents, it kind of started to chip away at the grief. So what I mean by that was my parents' death didn't make sense to me. For me, they didn't deserve it. No one feels like their loved one deserves to die. And I definitely didn't feel like they deserved to die in the way that they did as far as suffering. So for me, I needed to make sense of their death. I needed to make it make sense. Otherwise, this mind of mine was going to go places I don't know if it would have been able to return. So I needed to make my parents' death make sense. And here it is 10 years later, their death makes sense because because of their dying, I have formed Ushered into Healing. I've done other ventures where I help people that are sick. Okay. As far as illnesses, I, I help them as far as coming up with regiments and routines to help people from within. So because that that my parents went through that, I had to find purpose within my pain. I had to find purpose within my pain so that their their death wouldn't be in vain okay. and me dying wouldn't add to that, if it makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I had to turn my pain into purpose, I had to turn my pain into passion to make sense of their death and I always honor them. I always say thank you mommy and dad for your sacrifice. Because of your sacrifice, I have learned different modalities of healing. Because of your sacrifice, other people are in positions to heal because of what I learned, you know, helping them. So I always honor them. So I would encourage people to find a way to turn that pain, use it as fuel to turn it into something inspiring in honor of your loved one. Does that make sense? It does. And but I, it's a choice. It's a choice and it's not an easy choice to make because, you know, it's easy to get stuck in isolation. That becomes your comfortable absolutely. space mm -hmm. because people don't know how to converse with you. People don't know how to handle your grief. So it's just easier for me to just be quiet and stay in this bubble. But I promise you, if you allow yourself to step out of the bubble and experience something new, experience something different, the tipping scale occurs. Your grief and your joy. Joy comes back when you get to balance it out. And the more you gear your pain to a purpose and power and honor of your loved ones, the more the chipping away of the grief. The more you handle grief differently, where you'll find your joy is starting to outweigh your grief. But I don't want you to get caught in a place where you feel guilty for mm -hmm. feeling happy. I was in a position yes. where I started, hey, what am I doing happy? Mom and dad are, are gone. Mm -hmm. But then I said, well, mom and dad wouldn't want me sad. They would have wanted you. Right. So it is possible with time to get to a place where you are able to experience joy while still maneuvering and navigating through this jungle of grief. And the more you focus on turning your pain into passion and fuel, the more the tipping scales, it balances and then it starts to rise when your joy outweighs your grief, if that makes sense. Yes, and thank you, and I'll, I will say this, they, you are not the only ones that are thankful to your parents. Everybody you inspire, 
everybody you talk to, everybody you help, everybody you speak to, others on your podcast or in conferences, they are thankful to them as well. And for the viewers, I want to say it was a pleasure sitting with my co-host, not just from her strength, but also for her message. I would also like to say she made one thing I want you to take away. And she said, it's something you decide. And I'm telling you why, regardless of how tough, and it will be hard, but you decide because you deserve it. Mm-hmm. Decide because you deserve it. Well, that's it for this episode on The Brief on Grief. And I want to share this with you as I always do. We always know somebody that is grieving and that somebody might be you. Mm-hmm. See you next time on The Brief on Grief.